0: Welcome to Issaqa. My name is Amina Isid, and join me as I take you on a journey to explore identity, culture, and belonging. Take a seat as I take you through time, space, and various perspectives of cultural identity. Stay tuned to see where the journey will take us today. (laughs)
1: Of Dabarki, Wartigi, Novo Atka, Evo Samaray, Wartia de Gallade, which rain is hurrying. Wartia, see, we have a hand of Dabarka or Motte La Sau ninety three Gukun of nineteen ninety three ninety five Kilabara Wahan, Wahi, Dummer Bachery, a Yogu Maka Shakaina, your Oisa Baby, or Yogu organization, or Suk, or Kashakaina, or in I, Marthy Bliss, or Kare, a my church or the how can I get so? I'm going to get a little bit of 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 a little a little bit of 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 I saw as a man a high up tail. Murky always a babble. Why don't I cut a galant or of a in two thousand two two thousand three Two thousand five bells so goodbye in Tama Waka in Tana, Black we'll Kuchery. How come Makai men? Where we work in? A a government, Ohio, Qua Culture Culture are four and no go on, Midiri, Midwen, Nuba, and or Doni Dave and Commoner Dano, who now hunt two words or Kalchaka, Hata, Kalchaka Latin in Mika, or La Layo de Dorishon of Gale, Hadana Habra, that I can't see the Okoka, like you and a Sudmudan is a certain taggy, a Moku or a Moku and Baha Tuba, how could you get In
2: Deed it, and don't make it deed it, that could deed it. the kind of guy, guys, <laughs> girl, the kind of yahoo mother. to guys, girl, at the leg and yahi, but I don't like a yahi the case, the yahi the one hara, the
0: Hello, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Isirka. So, this week really would be kind of like a short recap or more so, kind of reflecting on what I kind of saw. Um, this weekend, so I went to D.C. Uh, for, there was a Somali, basically a Somaliland, like, kind of reunion weekend, like, <laughs> Somaliland homecoming weekend. So the president was here, and he had, like, a wifty, like, of all these ministers and things like that. And so there was a Somaliland conference during the day where um the ministers and some community leaders also were kind of brought together to share a lot some of a lot of the work that they've been doing and kind of motivate people um and then there was a party at night where the president spoke so I didn't go to that um party but the conference um so they kind of like broke up the conference into different topics and i was really excited about um the gender and inclusive politics because obviously women have to be given one specific post uh on that topic so i was like all right cool and uh that i came she's a minister of environment and um she's been in that position for a while uh, i think she even said that Egal during Egal's. um term she became she kind of got into that role so that's like that's a long time when we've had like maybe three four presidents since then so at the end this guy asked her so what is your secret you know like you've been a minister for this long and you've kind of still held your political office despite so many presidents what's your secret like what's the secret sauce as to how you've maintained this um position and she said which means like she ain't like basically her actions will speak louder than her words and she's you know kind of working and not just talking and that was like I think that was one of the last questions they asked her and that literally is like a mic drop moment also proves and shows that there should be more space for women within Somali politics because we all know the other gender is doing the opposite, uh, <laughs> but so in the beginning, I inserted that clip of her talking about women's role in um, Somaliland specifically, like politically, but also um, as they were kind of coming back, to re- like during reconciliation and like trying to build up the nation. And I Siham, who uh, was on season one, Siham just released an article on Somaliland women um on a lot of her research she released an article about her research and so I was reading that last week too and Shukri that actually was one of her research subjects and she was talking in there um and I was so excited to read that and she's like I'm gonna the, you know you it's we talked about it a lot like on the podcast It's nothing new to you and I was like but there's something very important um in being able to see the information out information in black and white and written in text because i mean we can talk and we do talk and oral histories still are very important but i think there's also if you're more of a visual learner and you need to read and to see it um for it to kind of be real but also get the contextualization uh there's <laughs> academia makes you do a lot of work before you can just dissect your research findings so kind of it's always like it's always like really interesting to kind of see the buildup as to how the information that you're presenting also kind of, um, kind of sits up against everything else that's already out there, whether it's subject matter, whether it's previous histories and things that are written. Um, so that's something I always appreciate about academia. But when like we the said this, like I um, said when we the was talking, I was recording it and I, and I thought and that it was something that stuck with me. She was like, okay, basically women are re- women were ready to engage. Or once women were ready to engage in politics, it was culture that was holding them back. And you know, there's the general dialogue that's happening in the diaspora. why are Somali women excelling in the diaspora and the men are not? and you know women are actually given a chance and able to have a chance and I think that dot 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 if that was translated or kind of um if that was translated retroactively applied as well in the motherland it would be really interesting to see how that would look like um in a homegrown context as to what women were able are able to do and would be and would do um and I think that that It's also interesting her saying that when you look at, okay, so what is it about our culture other than, you know, I I was listening even to... Like older episodes, or every time I talk about being raised as a Somali girl child, I always am just like, we were given so many rules, and we were not allowed to do anything. It was always like, almost us to just sit there, blah 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 blah. And I think on a fundamental level, if you're kind of consistently being raised and constantly, um, and every single male figure in a lot of ways. And women in some places too, but I feel like a lot of men is constantly this reinforcement. Like now when we've seen with Somali women YouTubers, for example, regardless if they're moving mad or not, the fact that they're able to express themselves in any which way that they feel comfortable with, everybody is like, if you look at the comments, there's always a bunch of men that are just like, oh my God, like blah, 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 really trying to comfort them on any level to discredit them, try to invalidate them and get them to shut up essentially and this obsession with keeping women quiet and like to be seen and not heard and all of this stuff is not only like damaging to like that person's individual life not only damaging to what society could be when you've literally and figuratively cut off half of society from being able to do something it then also validates your superiority in a way that like not is is not necessarily like warranted like who died who died and named you king like you know if you are if you are not coming with something that's gonna be fruitful that's gonna be useful that's gonna like it's just kind of like no, you haven't had to measure your validation right so you just every, every every single Farah, Abdi, Osman coming just like, oh, I know everything because I'm a Somali man and I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, then that, I mean, we see where we're at as a people and we see where our society is at and we see where our political territories are at. So I'm going to leave it all at that. But on on the other side, I thought it was very interesting to think of the fact that like women as cultural custodians, Um, And cultural as cultural carriers, really, you know, um, what are they also perpetuating from generation to generation? And what are the norms that we're accepting um, and that we're continuing in the name of being Somali? I think, you know, there's a lot of conversations about like religion versus culture. And when I was even reading Siham's article and a lot of people always say this, too, is that religion will give women rights, but the culture aspect still hasn't been able to give women rights and, I mean, on a basic level, who are the cultural gatekeepers? Somali men. So, obviously, it's not in their vested interest to give, um, to give, pe- you know, the half of... Give, give people power where they could then invalidate or take over their own power, you know? So, it's kind of like... I guess it's some sort of oppression. So, I don't so i'm curious as to like you know the ways in which we kind of say that we are a people like we're an ethnic cultural group of people that are very proud of our identities and we are going to carry on all these cultural norms and social norms and traditions and I think I like. I definitely like included this like at another part where I was like, culture is just being bullied. Um, or yeah, being bullied by dead people. Like just upholding traditions in the name of that's how people used to do it, so we're gonna continue to do it. But I think it's. I really like. I'm curious and about. I'm curious about that, and I'm also curious about the ways in which like. Okay. We are imagining development. We are imagining kind of moving, quote-unquote, into the future. And how is that, like, A, on a basic level, modern Western governing systems going to match up or going to exist alongside traditional governing norms, traditional existing norms, right? So, like, on a basic level, if you say, okay, girls are to be seen, not heard, and um girls can't go to school because they need to stay home and help their mom and like blah 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 this is like just a really like um a really like kind of uh, just an example really on kind of like the opposite like uh, like an extreme example right just to kind of drive it home and then now western norms of development is that okay there needs to be gender equality women need to i mean girl girl children need to be going to school like as well um girl children need to be taking they need to be a part of society how is that going to work like if if you like i feel like in some ways you need to pick one over the other and that's not really what's happening but I say that to say that I think we also need to kind of imagine what is the place of culture what is the need of culture and what are we trying to perpetuate and keep in the name of culture and also when culture is not serving you how do you then act as an agent of change and so i could have just like talked about what the minister said but i wanted to include her voice because now i think at this stage of my learnings at this stage of isidka like where amina is just at generally in life is that i think people need to be given power to express themselves and their voice and that on a basic level is a little thing that makes a huge difference and that's also a way of kind of pushing this cut this discourse this existence this authoritativeness um and I would like to see I would like to I mean you know I can kind of give it to you all like what y'all think you know like feel free to share with me but also the Al-Qa'asa song with Mohammed Khadiri I also like on my instagram i really like putting dul that like um, the women singers in the 70s used to sing um but now when they say "del literally on a basic level is there space for women like um does like i would i would be curious as to what that conversation would look like if it was being led by women do women have a place in Somali political entities is it their land like you know um and I think it's also really interesting when people kind of talk about not when people when Somali men talk about their love for the country um whichever country that is um and even in this song he was like oh I don't want my people to go through all of this like abuse and to not be on the world stage and to not um And to not have like all this recognition and pride and respect. But who is the who are the culprits that are keeping them from getting to that level? Who are the people that are kind of, you know, making sure that they personally benefit but the nation and the people of the nation aren't benefiting? And until we can have a conversation about that or until we could be honest about that or until we can honestly even reflect on our own positionality as to how we're perpetuating um you know like systems of oppression like inequalities then we're never going to get to a point where we could just be like oh a country our country's our country is supposed to be so proud and so great on its own when obviously like a country's made of people that govern in a specific way so I um I would like to like reflip what he said and like and say what would that look like if women were singing it um or what you know do women have a place in somali society and somali politics and not not like a literally oh yeah because i don't want like i want to say oh we have some ministers we have some mps dot 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 um it's more so than just like a few token people or like a few people taking up space um taking up spaces that have been like allowed for them right like because there still is there's those ways that people's specific tribes that have to give them or kind of like promote them um or like basically kind of give the red stamp the stamp like like that they can kind of run and give them that personal support you know um but more so on a wider level are, like a woman can run but are people gonna vote for her are people gonna are we gonna get to a point where we will have like not even a 30 percent gender quota but a time in a space where it's not like obscene that um a woman could run for political office or like civil society or run organizations and entities and still be respected as much as men i mean it's like it's a it's, it's a it's not like it's only a Somali issue it very much exists in many parts of the world including the United States but I just kind of, I'm just curious as to what this will look like in a Somali context where we are still battling so much before we even kind of get to that point point. and um what are the cultural norms that are keeping us back and then what would kind of crossing them or coming out on the other side of them look like and so that is my question and all the commentary that I'm going to share about this DC Somaliland homecoming weekend. Um, and stay tuned for more of on Isirka. And like I said, I, I'm looking forward to doing this episode about Hargeisa. And so if you have um, any sound bites that you'd like to share, just highlight me on Instagram at underscore Isidka, Isirka, ISIRKA. and catch you on the next
2: episode.
0: Okay, I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, a motivating song, if that's supposed to be a Kakaa" kind of song, like, Somalis wake up, we need to do better, but he basically says, okay, who's, who like, what, like who, who's at fault here? And I would just like to go back to my previous point of, um, we are all at fault if we have literally not given half of society a space to also then be active social agents in their life, in their future. And so I think like, That song came out last year. I mean, it is a banger. It's very catchy. Um, I've been blasting it since the past two days, not going to lie. But I'm just kind of like, how shallow of a song? Uh, Because we have so many social issues and like so many other things that we really could focus our attention on as opposed to like, are we going to do a blame game? is it going to be tribe versus tribe is it i think we've all collectively like are suffering and are continuing to suffer and are like failing ourselves in that way um for not like trying to do better but i want to um add another song and i mentioned (laughs) Durkaso anegumelihi do 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 and in 1977, um, during the fight, the war for the Ogaden region in Ethiopia, that was one of the songs that came out. You know, like it was like the propaganda and the nationalism was at an all time high. Somalia, What of school of the Kenya, and um, you know, we they already did two. They had uh, British Somaliland, Italian Somalia, school of the Kenya, and then Ethiopia was next. Then it was going to be Djibouti and Kenya, right? And so they sang that song and it's like all these different types of women i mean i've posted it on instagram i posted it on my own instagram and it's really just amazing to see the fact that that's when we say you know like 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 that it's nice to see that we have footage of back then that women were able to take up space and exist and and we had because mata right so this next song is and which basically means if you don't like kind of spill blood if you don't fight for what's yours um and you know you're not gonna get what you're looking for and so these are, like, three women who also sing, like, a lot of banging ass, like, karami songs and, like, love songs. And so we were able to see, like, the nationalism, right? Like, during that time, like, I I love the nationalistic songs. Like, Eva Khalidla, when he's, like, hadiyanan go, gachan kudubnan, like, I mean, you know, like, the Wadani Nimo was really strong, uh, but also the nationalistic pride was that like they all embodied it right and i think now we're very much um, at a very different point in time so i would like to include that song in here as well so enjoy the rest of this episode and stay tuned for more
1: mm-hmm. One of the sea boy and one of the sea boy like you and Rabakaruan Rabam. So, my little washing out of a goosey and I still go to go Who and to no galleyman, no so good,
2: good مالي انفدي انفدي ها هيا 고마워, 고마워.